Specialty Story, session number 63. Whether you are a pre-med or a medical student, you've answered the calling to become a physician. Soon you'll have to start deciding what type of medicine you'll want to practice. This podcast will tell you the stories of specialists from every field to give you the information you need to make sure you make the most informed decision possible when it comes to choosing your specialty. Welcome to Specialty Stories. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week, which is kind of funny because I almost didn't release this episode. I was going to miss an episode, and that's because I need more physicians. I need you to help me. And I know you have friends and mentors and physicians you shadow. They need to be out of training. They can't be a fellow or a resident. And no military members. I need physicians for this podcast. I need you to shoot me an email, ryan at medicalschoolhq.net, so that I can have more physicians to interview. There are over 100 specialties, and I'm doing both community and academic medicine. And so there's over 200 episodes available there. And then I'm a, I want to do retired physicians. And so there's over 300 episodes. And then program directors, over 400 episodes. And yet we're 63 episodes in, and I'm struggling to find physicians. So I need your help. With that said, I don't have a physician for today's episode. I do have some more match data for you, though. And as I'm recording this, it's match time. Students need to finalize their rank lists and confirm what they want to apply for for the match coming up in March here of 2018. So it's kind of a fun time to be a medical student right now. And by fun, I mean stressful, if you're not sure what you want to do yet in this world, which is the goal of this podcast, to help pre-meds to help medical students and even residents because we we do a lot of fellowship-specific discussions here as well. So with that said, let's go ahead and dive in to family medicine. So family medicine is right up there with internal medicine for the top, at least as far as number of positions offered. Internal medicine is huge. Over 7,000 positions offered. Family medicine is the second largest, and it's half as big. Right? So internal medicine is ginormous. So let's go through. I get this data from the NRMP. You can Google it and go along and follow along with me. If you Google NRMP data, this is the results and data for 2017, the main residency match. Table one, family medicine. 520 programs, more than internal medicine, but half the spots. So it's got more programs, but half the spots. So the programs are much smaller. And when you think of internal medicine, where you, when you hear about internal medicine as you go through this process, you'll hear internal medicine programs that are 20, 30 positions deep, huge programs at some of these big academic medical centers. So family medicine has a lot of programs, but they're much, much smaller. And what's interesting, looking at table one here, is that there were 67 unfilled programs. 
people are not applying to family medicine. And that shocks me. What shocks me is that there are so many people applying to internal medicine, especially when you look at this data, foreign grads, right, international medical grads, why aren't they applying to family medicine? I have my thoughts, and I'll tell you my thoughts right now. I think people apply to internal medicine more, and it's more competitive because of the fellowship training that you do after internal medicine. So you go to internal medicine, then you can go do cardiology, then you can go GI, then you can go do pulmonology, you can do rheumatology, you can do a lot of different subspecialties after, right, endocrinology, after internal medicine. And so even the foreign grads, international medical grads, want that opportunity, it looks like, just from looking at this data. So family medicine, 520 programs, 3,356 positions, 67 unfilled programs. It's a lot of unfilled programs. And we'll see what happens in the SOAP to see if those programs are offered. Uh, programs are offered and filled. So you had, for the 3,356 positions offered, only 1,000 and almost 800 U.S. seniors applied for those positions. A lot of opportunity here if you're interested in family medicine. 6,000 total applicants for those 3,356 spots. So there's some competition out there. There are a lot of people. But when you look at internal medicine, when you look at internal medicine, you have 7,000, over 7,000 spots and 11, almost 12,000 students applying for those applicants, for those spots. And so just by numbers, you have more people applying for those family medicine spots per spot than you do for internal medicine, which is interesting. All right, so moving to table two, matches by specialty and applicant type. So we see 300 or 3,356 positions, 3,215 number filled. So there were 141 spots that were left open. That's where that, that number from table one with the 67 unfilled programs comes from, 141 spots at 67 programs. And so of those 3,215, 1,513 were U.S. seniors, 132 were U.S. graduates, so a student who graduated from an MD medical school already, maybe took a year off to do a gap year, to do some research, to travel, maybe they didn't get in their first time. 574 osteopathic students, so a lot of osteopathic students going into family medicine. And what's interesting, you would think with double the number of spots for internal medicine that you'd have a similar increase in osteopathic students going into internal medicine, but there's only 690 osteopathic students going into internal medicine. So big opportunity there for osteopathic students in family medicine. One Canadian, 
658 U.S. citizen international medical graduates, 337 non-U.S. citizen international medical graduates. And this is that huge discrepancy I was talking about earlier with foreign grads applying to internal medicine at a way higher number than family medicine. There were over 2,000 non-U.S. citizen international medical graduates applying for internal medicine and getting into internal medicine and only 337 in family medicine. Why is that? I think it's that fellowship piece. But that's just my guess. So moving down to table three, we look at the increase in size. So positions offered from 2013 to 2017 and family medicine going up 11.5% every year from 2013 to 2017. So it's growing, rightfully so. It's a much needed primary care specialty. And moving down to table eight, we see positions offered and percent filled by U.S. seniors and all applicants, again, from 2013 to 2017. So family medicine, we already talked that not a lot of U.S. seniors are applying to family medicine. And so when you look at the number, there were 3,356 positions offered. 45.1% of those spots that were filled were filled by U.S. seniors. Internal medicine was even lower, 44.9%. And the, the shocking number to me, we, we've covered pathology before, but pathology is so much lower, 35.9% are filled by U.S. seniors. So U.S. students are not going into pathology. And it's getting less and less, seems like, for family medicine although it's kind of grown. So 2013 was 44.6, and then 45, 44, 45.3, and then 45.1 here for 2017. So it's hovered around the same spot. Table nine shows how big family medicine is compared to all of the other specialties. Internal medicine is the largest specialty for students matching every year, 25. So a quarter of all students matching match into internal medicine, and just over 10%, 11.6% match into family medicine. It's the second largest. The third largest, it looks like, is pediatrics, which again makes sense, another big primary care specialty. Table 10 shows us specifically the U.S. seniors matching to PGY1 positions for family medicine and all of the other specialties. And what's interesting here is that the, the numbers don't hold up here for U.S. seniors compared to all applicants. And so when you look at internal medicine, 18.6, again, still the largest, but family medicine is not the second largest like it was before. It's actually third or fourth largest, just glancing at the numbers at 8.7%. Emergency medicine is larger with more U.S. seniors percentage-wise going into, in, uh, into emergency medicine than family medicine. And then osteopathic students kind of keeps the trend going with the, the normal trend. Almost a quarter of all students, osteopathic students matching into an allopathic internal medicine program and almost 20% matching into family medicine. So when you looked at the previous number of all applicants, 
right? 11.6% of all applicants matched into family medicine, but almost 20% of osteopathic students matched into family medicine. So it's a good fit, it seems like, for osteopathic students who want to match into family medicine. Moving down to figure six, showing the percentages of unmatched U.S. seniors and independent applicants. Family medicine had an overall total unmatched of 25.3%, which is the fifth highest on here. So internal medicine prelim is the highest. So prelim is just that first year. Dermatology, second highest. Psychiatry, third highest. PM&R, physical medicine and rehabilitation, or physiatry, is fourth. And then family medicine. So it has a high overall unmatched rate, which is surprising considering there were so many programs that went unfilled. Unmatched independent applicants are the majority of those unmatched, almost 41%. And then U.S. seniors is pretty low at 3.5%. So those 3.5% with so many open programs, the assumption is that they applied to not enough programs or they were very picky on where they were applying. All right, so let's get down to table 18, which is the SOAP. And for SOAP, Supplemental Offer and Acceptance Program, these are for programs who have empty spots and they need to fill them. And so we look at family medicine. We said earlier there were 67 programs that went unfilled, 141 spots. All of those programs participated in the SOAP. 64 programs filled there were three spots at three programs that went unfilled. All right, so let's move into charting the outcomes. Again, this is from NRMP, charting the outcomes in the match for U.S. allopathic seniors. This is 2016 data. They still haven't updated to 2017 yet. So the numbers aren't specific and don't match perfectly with the numbers that we just covered, but it gives you an idea. And I'm jumping straight to table FM1, Family Medicine 1. This gives us a summary of all the data for U.S. allopathic seniors. So mean number of contiguous ranks. Those who matched ranked almost 11 programs in a row. That's the mean number, the average, right? So almost 11. That means those who matched ranked a lot of programs. Those who did not match, those who did not match only ranked four and a half programs. So they were much more strict with the programs that they ranked and that hurt them because they didn't match. The mean USMLE step one score, 221. And the average I think was 230 for this data or right around 230. So 221, it's a much lower step one score than average. Those matched. Those who did not match, 208. So they're struggling with their MCAT, their their MCAT, their USMLE score. And so maybe with that low USMLE score, they didn't get interviews. And because they didn't get interviews, maybe they didn't rank the programs. And so maybe it's not an issue with being too strict with programs that they're ranking. It's just an issue with their step one score. They're not getting the interviews 
to be able to, to match, to rank. Mean USMLE Step 2 score, 237 for those who matched, 223 for those who didn't. Research experiences are about the same at 2 and 1.7. Mean number of abstracts, presentations, and publications are the same at 2.6. Most of the other data here is pretty boring. Mean, or or the percentage of of people, of students who are AOA members, 6.1% for those who matched and 0 for those who didn't. That doesn't mean you have to have AOA. Just means the people that didn't match didn't have it. All right, so let's move on to the lifestyle and happiness report from Medscape. So we look at are physicians happy outside of work? So just do a quick Google search for Medscape Physician Lifestyle and Happiness Report. This is 2018 data. 38% of physicians are very happy outside of work. 12, extremely happy, somewhat happy, 26%, and then others. Where does, or where do the family medicine docs play into this? Who is the happiest outside of work? Family medicine, it's on the lower half at 51%. Ranges from 40 to 61%. Family medicine right there at 51%. A funny chart here, which physicians are most introverted? Public health and PrevMed doctors are the highest at 48%. Family medicine, near the bottom at 37%. You'd kind of think you, you can't be very introverted interacting with the range of family members. What's even funnier, radiology is the lowest at 36%. An interesting chart here. Which physicians say they have three or fewer close friends? Family medicine near the top at 53%. Pathology, the highest at 58%. Not doing any justice to pathology and the stereotypes that come with pathologists. If we look at the Medscape National Physician Burnout and Depression Report for 2018, which physicians are most burnt out? Family medicine, unsurprisingly, is near the top at 47%. Critical care, 48%. Neurology, 48%. Family medicine, 47%. There's lots of specialties above 40%. The lowest on here is plastic surgery at 23%. Dermatology at 32%. So family medicine docs are feeling the heat. Which physicians experience both depression and burnout? Again, Family medicine near the top of the list at 16%. OBGYN is the highest at 20%. Which physicians are more likely to seek professional help? Family medicine, good to see. Again, near the top of the list at 31%. Psychiatry, unsurprisingly, 40%. All right, moving on to our last report here, the Medscape Physician Compensation Report. This is still dated for 2017. Family medicine being a primary care specialty is right near the bottom at $209,000 a year. So when you say you can't make money going into primary care, it's not true. You don't make as much as some of these specialists with orthopedics at $489,000, more than double that of a family medicine 
stock, but it's still very good money. Pediatrics is the lowest. Kids always, any of the pediatric specialties are always, always, always the lowest. And what's interesting, which physicians feel fairly compensated? So even though family medicine is at the bottom of the list, near the bottom of the list for total compensation, they're up near the top, their top half, for feeling fairly compensated at 53%. Emergency medicine docs are the highest at 68%. Would a family medicine doc choose medicine again? That's a very good question. They're near the bottom half. 77% would choose medicine again. The highest rheumatology, 83%. Neurology is the lowest at 71%. Right? Remember, they're some of the most burnt out. So they uh, seem like they want to get out of medicine. Which physicians would choose the same specialty? Now here's an interesting one. Family medicine, second from the bottom. Internal medicine is the bottom at 64%. Family medicine at 67%. So those who are in family medicine seem like they want to leave and go do something else possibly. Stay in medicine, but do something else. Hopefully that was helpful for you going over family medicine, one of the most common specialties, one of the most uh, not popular, but more more common because there's just so many spots available, specialties out there. As I said in the beginning, I need physicians. So if you know physicians, if you're family friends, if they are your family members, you're out there shadowing, you have mentors, you're working with them, I need physicians to interview on this podcast. Shoot me an email, ryan at medicalschoolhq.net, and we'll try to make things happen. I prefer if you can send me along their name and email address so I can just shoot them an email to invite them to be on the podcast. That's the easiest thing that you can do for me. Hope you have a great week. See you next time here on Specialty Stories.